good, everybody. Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me on this opening day, Levin Black. Levin, what's up, man? I was all ready to do the season preview, ready to get into it, and then pretty much right before we went to record, shit has hit the fan with <laughs> <laughs> the captaincy and who are captains. So, yeah, we we both of us have been on Twitter for like the last half hour. We're going to get into the 49ers captains that they named yesterday. We're going to get into season preview. Don't worry. We're going to talk bears. We're going to talk predictions. We're going to do all of that on today's show. It is loaded. But before we go any further, I must remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We had our second biggest month ever last month. That is because of you. And we are so grateful for the support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making us the fastest-growing 49ers podcast in the world. I always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it. Let's start with this from AlexHC09. Five stars. Thank you very much. Subject, a pessimist's paradise. Love the content and the 49ers in five. As an optimist, it's always nice to have Rob bring me back down to earth and look to the dark side of the story. Keep up the good work and never change well alex let me just tell you you're gonna you're gonna like today's show i'm just gonna throw that out there i don't try to be negative all the time levin you know this but when i see stuff that makes my head tilt a little to the left i point it out and people don't seem to like that and we're gonna do that again when it comes to the captains let me ask you something rob did you ever are you surprised that you got that reputation as being like a negative nancy so to speak surprised no okay because i i have no problem admitting i tend to see mistakes before i see super big positives you know what i mean like if something goes right i go yeah that's what's supposed to happen when something goes wrong i notice it very quickly and for whatever reason i'm more likely to say well that was bad than i am to say well that was good because good is what's supposed to happen you know what i mean like when I'm watching the 49ers, I expect them to score. I don't expect them to throw an interception, just to use a very simple thing. So I'm not surprised at all if somebody said, oh, you're negative. Like, I'm not – I don't feel negative inside, but I recognize that I tend to see mistakes before anything else. But you, I'm not – I wasn't sure if you were aware that you would pick up that reputation. And I honestly, like, I don't mean to. It's a good day. It's opening day of football. Like, this is a happy, celebratory time. But we're going to get into the captain thing because the 49ers named their captains yesterday. Six captains, and that's different from a year ago. The six captains are George Kittle, Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward, and Nick Bosa. Now. Who did I not name in that list, Levin? Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> I was, you know what? I kind of like, it wouldn't have been stunning if they had named him a cat. I mean, uh, look, Trey Lance, obviously not on the list. That immediately jumped out to me. I was stunned that he wasn't on the list. And I, I want to say again, for the record, because people don't seem to hear this part when I do this. I like Trey Lance. I'm rooting for Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is going to be a good player. 
when I complain about Jimmy Garoppolo, it is because I don't think the 49ers are doing right by Trey Lance. So I'm putting that out there again because people don't seem to hear me. But I was shocked that Lance was not among the captains. 25 teams named captains on Wednesday. Three of them did not have a quarterback in that list. One of them is the Seahawks, who may have to bench Geno Smith halfway through the year. The other is the Cleveland Browns, whose quarterback is suspended because he's a serial sexual predator. And the third team is the Niners. So look, quarterbacks are usually captains, whether they're rookies, whether they're second-year players, because the quarterback is a leader, is a de facto leader on your team. So right, he fact- gets the he gets the calls in. He has to relay the calls. He has to get people lined up right. He has to do the uh, audibles on a lot of teams. Like they are the leaders on the field, whether they have this the captaincy or not. And the fact that Trey Lance is not among them to me is just another example of the 49ers having an opportunity to embrace this kid and tell the world that they are all in, that they believe in him. And they didn't do it again, again, Levin. And they can talk all they want about how much they believe in him and all of that stuff. But what they are doing tells the world that they don't believe in him. And that's frustrating to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been complaining about that since right at the uh, end of the season when George Kittle did his exit interview and didn't kind of fully commit to Trey Lance in the future. I forget exactly what he said, but I remember we discussed it and I was annoyed that he wasn't basically just saying hey, it's Trey Lance time. He was going to jump on the fence and still talking up Jimmy. And that's that has been the way it's been all offseason. Now, I I will admit that when I first read this, or saw this on Twitter, my initial reaction was a lot more frustration and anger towards the players because I look at it as that guy should have been at the top of the list because every single person should have said, yep, this guy has to be captain. He's the quarterback. And the fact that not everybody put him there is a problem because they didn't put him there because there's somebody else in that locker room that they saw as the captain. Uh, I would bet that it's a lot of veterans that didn't put him there. I don't know how many would make him drop to seventh on the list, but there's enough, and that's a problem. That's the entire reason why you don't bring back the previous leader in that locker room. You can't do that. But I will say my my annoyance and anger has shifted because I will admit I didn't think about it at first. I was zeroed in on this year, but somebody pointed it out to Twitter on Twitter to me. And it was like, oh, you're right. This is on Kyle Shanahan. Oh, there yeah. Seven captains last year. Yep. Kyle Shanahan chose to do this. He chose to poke the freaking hornet's nest. And I don't know if it's to try to like, oh, well, let's not hand anything to Trey Lance, which bullshit. He led workouts all offseason. He deserves the captaincy. You know you're undermining him. You have to know you're undermining him by saying, well, we had seven last year. We're only going to have six this year. And by the way, I'm going to make it public that he was seventh. Like, get the f*** out of here. I'm sorry, that pisses me off. He is purposely doing that. I don't know if it's to motivate Trey Lance. I certainly hope that's why he's doing it. But it also might be because he's thinking in the back of the head that, hey, if it doesn't go well, I'm not wasting a season. I'm going to pull. And if that's what it is, then he can also, I'm not going to cuss again because I've already done it enough (laughs) and you've been making notes, but he can get the out of here. Because that is BS, and that's just negligence and naive to think that 
the players in that locker room won't pick up on the fact that you had seven last year and you only named six this year. So that is a direct indictment of Trey Lance is the way I view it. It's just a matter of what is the motivation for doing that. Yeah, that's the thing. All these people coming at me, Will Blackman tweeting me, oh, who are you going to take off the list? First of all, take any of them off because they're not the starting quarterback. But second of all, you don't have to take anybody off. The Niners, like you just said, are choosing not to make Trey Lance a captain. That's the only way to look at it. They literally had seven captains last year. All of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan is switching when Trey Lance happens to be the seventh pick. Like, what the hell? And don't tell me he hasn't earned it. Because Debo Samuel was an all-pro last year, and he's not a captain either. He didn't earn it. Like, they're, they're it's, the, oh, God. I got so many things to say here. One, the Debo thing, no, he didn't earn it because he demanded a trade in the offseason. You don't think that's I, part of it, people? Of it, course it, it, wor- it worked out. He came back. I am glad he came back. But you don't get to demand a, a trade publicly, trash the team publicly all offseason, refuse to come to workouts with teammates when you're invited all offseason, and then be a captain. Sorry, that's not how it works. Uh, the other thing that annoys me is I've had, you know, I don't have the Twitter reactions. You do. You do. I don't have Will Blackman tweeting me, but a lot of people have been tweeting me, oh, well, this person wasn't a captain when he was a, the starting quarterback or this person. Yeah, they're all rookies. You know how many coaches flat out have a role that a rookie cannot be the captain? One of them that was even mentioned to me was Kyler Murray. It's like, if you bothered to search that out, because I did when you tweeted it at me, because one, I don't believe anybody that just, just because they say it, I'm going to believe it. So I Googled it. You know, who were the captains for the Arizona Cardinals that year? You know what was in their team press release on their website? Literally a line in there, considering... The starting quarterback is a rookie. Here are our captains. <laughs> they laid it out there. They laid it out. Yep. They're not going to allow him to be a captain. Rookies are captains all the time. Trevor Lawrence was a captain. Zach Wilson was a captain. Joe Some Burrow was a captain. It's up to the head coach. Some head coaches allow rookies to be captains. Some don't. The rookie quarterbacks who have not been captains, I would all but guarantee they were on a team that did not allow rookies to be captains. Like Mac Jones last year. That was brought up too. Like You really think Bill Belichick? An old-school type coach allows a rookie to be uh, a captain? There's no way. Yeah, but you know what the Patriots did do? They got Cam Newton the hell out of town and cleared the deck so everybody knew it was Mac Jones' team. Like, again, I don't think the 49ers are doing right by Trey Lance. I really don't. They have not done everything they can to maximize and embrace him as a quarterback. They just Kyle Shanahan is hedging not. his bets. That yes. is what he's doing. It is clear. And, and by the way, part of the reason Lance isn't a captain is it's because they know they might have to bench him and you can't bench your captain. It looks even worse if he's a captain and he's sitting on the bench. I totally think that is part of it. Right. I'm and... not going to go that far. I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's motivation is. Like I said, I don't know if it's to motivate Lance or because he thinks he might have to bench him or a bit of both. But I, there, there's no question at this point that Kyle Shanahan as a head coach is head, hedging his bet for if Lance doesn't work out, hey, I can still flip and go back to this guy and try to win still. It's infuriating to me. And I'm sorry that I'm questioning the team that has bungled the quarterback position from the second they took over. I'm sorry if I'm questioning them and that offends you and that gets you mad. I like There's just no other way to look at this for me. I'm sorry. And I'm tired of 49er fans telling me 
anytime there's anything that's negative about the team, this isn't a big deal. Non-story, non-story. Trey Lance throws interceptions at practice. Non-story, completion percentage. Non-story, but he throws a long touchdown in a preseason game against the Packers. Oh, that's a story. That counts. That's what matters, right? But all the bad stuff that happens in the preseason, no, that doesn't matter. I'm tired of it, man. You you bootlickers. Like, stop it. Yeah, including some people that we interact with uh, on a more personal level. Like, they are totally bootlicking. That's what it is. They don't want to see the negatives. They, they are pulling the covers over their heads and pretending like it's it's going to go away and it's not a right. problem. And it, it may very well end up being a non-issue because if he comes out and it is the second coming of Mahomes situation, then it will be a non-issue. But if he comes out and he's mediocre, is up and down, now it's an issue. That's That's the whole problem. That shouldn't be able to be possible. He should have 17 games no matter how bad it goes. A hundred percent agree. Exactly. No matter how bad it goes. If he loses every game of 50 to nothing, he should start every single game for the team. Like, oh, you don't penalize him because the team is in a Super Bowl window. That's just that's backwards to me. So let me say one thing before we wrap this up, because I want to make it clear, because this is the part that really drives me nuts. Like this truly boils my blood, pisses me the hell off. And it's happening right now on Twitter. Uh, which is why when I first came on with you, I spent five minutes looking at my phone rather than chit-chatting with you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is people taking, at least for me, but I think both of us saying that this is a story, this is something bad, and thinking that or, extra, or extrapolating that out to, oh, you think it's all doom and gloom as they've put it on Twitter tonight that everything's crashing and it's not going to work out. No, that's not what it means. Shut the hell up. Don't put words in my mouth. I hate that. Just because we say, hey, this isn't ideal, doesn't mean we're saying, hey, everything's screwed now. Like, this is not ideal. You cannot argue that this is ideal. Ideal is Trey Lance is the captain and you don't have any questions about it. That's the ideal situation. The fact that he's not raises questions that shouldn't be raised. Questions that shouldn't be possible, period. And that's what we're saying, that this shouldn't be possible. That Kyle Shanahan should have said, hey, we had seven last year. We're going to have seven this year so that we don't have to have this issue. And instead, he's not doing that. And that is something to raise a question about. And that's what we're saying. We're not saying the team is screwed. So if you're saying that, tweeting that to me, yeah, you're going to get a nasty response back because I can't stand it. And like, look, we're going to give our season predictions. You're going to see our confidence in the team like that. Just listen to what we I mean, said. I spent an entire episode arguing that Trey Lance going to have an historic season. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that's the last thing, too. The 49ers are not stupid. They know what this looks like. They know Kyle Shanahan grew up in football. John Lynch is a Hall of Fame safety. They know this stuff, these politics in the locker room. They don't care. They are choosing to do it anyway. And there's only one reason that they would choose to do it anyway, because they think they need to. That's it. They, they care want, about. They want the option. Yes. That's what it is. That It's not that they think they are going to need to. It's that they think there's a possibility and they want to have that possibility. Yep. And that's it. And I agree with you. Doesn't mean the season's a disaster. Doesn't mean any of that. But I, I'll, my initial tweet that started this whole friggin' firestorm was, I quote tweeted the Niners announcement and said, this is a bad look. 
And and people started coming at me with torches and pitchforks. It's unbelievable. And, and you nailed it, Levin. There's a lot of 49er fans that like to hide their head under the covers and pretend the monster can't see them. Like, that's just not how we roll on this show. And we love the team. We're going to we're gonna take a break. We're going to make our predictions. We're going to talk about the Bears and all of that stuff. But you can love the team and be frustrated by what they do. And that's where I am. And uh, by the way, because this has been put out there, and I, I want to clear this up because I think enough people saw it that they're going to run with it. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a captain in 2018 after his five games in 2017. Yeah, that's because for some freaking odd reason, Kyle Shanahan didn't have players vote for captains until the end of October. Guess who was already on IR by the end of October? Guess what other quarterback who was currently starting, who was a rookie, was about to be benched? C.J. Beathard. That's why no quarterback was a captain in, in 2018. It's wild, man. It is wild. Hopefully we can all unite. Because the Bears are coming. It's Bears week. It's week one. And I know we're all going to be watching and pulling for the 49ers. So let's unite behind that. Like you said, if Trey Lance goes out and plays well, none of this is going to matter. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk Bears and we'll talk season predictions. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, Levin, we got that ugliness out of the way. It's Bears week, week one. Niners are going to be in Chicago. Weather is looking possibly a little bit rainy. Looking like Chicago. Yeah. I look at, you know, I try to be objective when I analyze these things. I look at every position group, and I feel like the Niners have the better position group almost everywhere except for maybe in the secondary, maybe. Other than that, I give the Niners a heavy advantage across the board. If you include... The entire secondary? Uh, yeah, okay, I could see that as a maybe. But if you break it up and you say safeties, yeah, the Niners might have the worst tandem of safeties in the league. We'll see. I mean, Odom was a free agent signed cheap for a reason. And we'll see about Hufanga. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying he can't be good, but we'll see. We don't know. So at this point, the Niners might have the worst safety starting tandem until Jimmy Ward is back in the entire league. But outside of that, like, not only do the Niners have the advantage, there's some that they have the massive advantage, like the defensive line, right? <laughs> Khalil Mack's no longer in Chicago. They don't really, they're not going to be getting after the quarterback nearly as well as they were. They still have some pass rush there, but it's certainly not to the level of the 49ers. You know, the wide receiver groups. Darnell Mooney, I think he's going to be a really good wide receiver in this league. So that's it. Everybody else in that wide receiver room are guys that, were barely good enough to stick on an NFL roster, and one of them was not even good enough to stick on this 49ers roster back when they weren't nearly as deep a wide receiver. So I thought Jason Aponte put it perfectly on Oh Hey There on Tuesday. He said, after Darnell Mooney, the Bears wide receiver core is the cream of the wide receiver four crop. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, that was a good way to put it. <laughs> I didn't want to steal that. So I didn't go, didn't go there, but he, he's not wrong. And that that's maybe putting it... Uh, a you know, positive spin on it because I mean I think Niner fans know Dante Pettis isn't probably a a cream of the wide receiver four. He's a yeah. wide receiver five that may or may not make the roster. I can't wait for him to have one catch on Sunday and people will be like, oh, see Dante Pettis is gonna be really good. Give me a break. <laughs> I think the game plan for this one is simple, right? For D'Amico Ryan's, you put Mooney on Mooney, you throw Traverius Ward on Darnell Mooney. And then you just tell the, the defensive line to mush rush. 
You don't need to get a million sacks on Justin Fields. Last time they played him, he ran for over 100 yards against the Niners on 10 carries. You don't necessarily need sacks. You want to surround him, and then you want to collapse in on him. That is the game plan. And if Mooney's locked up, I mean, where else is he going to go with the ball? Cole Komet? Okay. Fred Warner, you can you can handle Cole Komet. Like, they should just lock this down. I want to see a smothering performance by, by the defense against the Bears. You know what I would like to see? And I, I don't think they'll run it because they've never done it that I've noticed before, but it, it's the old Michael Vick strategy. QB spy him. We have really fast linebackers. Rush four. QB spy with a fifth and drop six into the secondary. You got six DBs back there. You should be fine. You got four elite pass rushers. You should be able to get pressure on him at some point. And you got a fast as hell linebacker, whether that's Greenlaw or that's uh, Al Sayer. Warner, I don't think you waste him in that manner. You have him in coverage. But you have the ability to QB spy, I believe, because the defensive line is so good and that offensive line that they're going against isn't very good to where I think you neutralize what he was doing last year. You know, Fields isn't going to be able to – he might get away sometimes because he is fast enough to outrun any he's linebacker really in the fast. league. But he's going to be more limited. He's going to have to go sideline a little bit longer before he can turn it upfield, things like that that will limit his running. And if your six DBs can't hold up, then you got bigger problems. I totally agree with that. And and I don't – I just want to see the Niners get out to a double-digit lead because I don't want them to be in a situation where – one big play and suddenly the bears are right back in the game. Like, cause fields is good enough to make that one play. We saw it last year on that fourth down touchdown run, which was incredible by him. He's good enough to do that. So you want to lock it down. And then on the other side of the ball, offensively for the Niners, I continue to say, let Trey Lance throw on first down. I still think that'll be the best way to go, but I just hope that Kyle doesn't try to win the game 17 to 10. Right. Like, cause I feel like sometimes he does that, especially if they get a lead early. Like, I just want to see, like, try to blow them out. Try to drop 50 on the Bears. You should dominate this team. Don't, you know, put the training wheels on Trey Lance. Uh, you did that last year against the Cardinals and it did not work. It was terrible. Just let him go. Throw the kitchen sink at him because I think that's the best way for Lance to sort of get his feet wet and get his bearings, right? And this is a soft landing where he doesn't have to play a perfect game. If this was the Chief or the, the Chiefs game or the Rams game or something like that, the Buccaneers later in the year, he's going to have to be, you know, on his P's and Q's. He's going to have to have a great game for the Niners to have a chance to win. This is not that. He can throw a couple picks in this game, and they should still be able to win. So don't put the training wheels on him. Let him go. Go with the frozen method. Let it go. There's one problem with that in this game. The weather is going to dictate a lot. Right now, the weather forecasts are very, very high chance of rain with 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. If that's what the weather is, you're not going to be passing a whole lot. You might you might pass some normally in that stadium because the lake is right there. You'll have a half where you have the wind at your back and you'll have a half where it's in your face. When it's in your face, you're probably not going to be throwing much at all. Uh, and I do think this is a game that the coin flip could be a big problem or a big a big thing because what direction you're kicking at the end of the game, whether it's into the wind or with the wind, could end up mattering. So I, I don't think you 
you can sit and say they definitely need to do this with the offense due to the weather reports right now. You know, if the weather's that way, it's going to be run heavy. And what sucks is that's going to make it seem like Kyle doesn't trust Trey Lance. That's going to be the crappy part is even if the Niners win, if the weather is that bad, you're going to have pundits out there saying, yeah, they won, but look, they still don't even trust him. They passed even less than they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I feel like once you're into the season, there's no style points. Like, just win, you know? If you're you're thinking, and my thinking is that Lance is going to struggle early, then just win. And you'll worry about the style points when he's 23. How about that? You know, like, he's 22 years old. He's the youngest starting quarterback in the league. He's younger than, I think, all but one quarterback that was drafted this year. So... You know, if it's if the weather's a little bad and you don't want to pass it and they do win, if anybody says that, like we can't have a referendum on him every single week. We've got to give the photo a little time to develop. Um, where do you think you are right now? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. You know damn well how it's gonna go. Yeah, I do. Do you think that because I've seen like David Lombardi say this and and oh, actually Grant Cohn has talked about this too, which if you know anything about the 49ers, if those two agree on something, you know it's <laughs> probably true because they don't agree on anything. Both have said that the Niners have not showed the Trey Lance offense at all this preseason, that there is stuff that they have uh, seen in practice. But, like, how much different do you think it's going to look on Sunday? Do you think Lance is going to be running the option like every other play? Do you think they're going to be doing, like, a ton of RPOs? Like, how much different do you think it'll look from what we have seen? Uh, I think there'll probably be about 10 plays a game that are something that's just not possible with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it'll be more like a sub package, uh, especially with that option part, which we did see him running the read option. Uh, we There was a video posted where he was being trained on like the best way to like put it in the gut and then pull it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really early in training camp. So that's going to be a wrinkle. Um, I do think the passing game will change. And I do think we saw that a little bit in the preseason. There are more out routes. There are more 10, 15 yards down the field out routes that you just did not see almost ever with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do think that this offense will get back to more what the reputation was when Kyle Shanahan first came on board. Because when he first came on, I remember, yes, it it, it was a short passing game, but there were a lot of, everybody used to say the intermediate routes were the key to the offense. And that's why Pierre Garçon was the first signing they made because they wanted somebody that had the speed to do those uh, post routes and intermediate routes that opened up everything else. And remember that first year, Pierre Garçon was on pace to have a really good year before he got hurt. I do think we'll see more of that. There will be a lot more where that intermediate route, which is going to probably be Brandon Ayuk, will be the first read. Whereas I think with Jimmy, that was more like the second or third read. We'll see. Reads are hard to pick up uh, on. You know, you don't know exactly what the first read was. Sometimes you can tell. Sometimes you can't. Depends. But I do think that the intermediate routes are going to be featured more just because you're playing to your quarterback's strengths. And that's Trey Lance. I think we're going to see the most creative stuff in the red zone, which is kind of amazing because the Niners were awesome. In the you don't red- draft a guy like this and. Decide, well, no, I'm going to run the same stuff in the red zone. Well, the crazy stuff is they were the best team in the league in the red zone last year. The Niners scored touchdowns on almost 67% of their red zone possessions last year. Highest in the league in 2021. But I, I, and Kyle has talked about this. 
I do think they need to evolve, right? You're not going to be able to do the same stuff you did this year that you did last year because defenses adjust. They study you all season specifically to stop that stuff. And I think Lance is Kyle's wild card. He can do all sorts of crazy stuff now that the defenses have never prepared for because he's never had this kind of player. I think you're going to see just wild stuff in the red zone. I, I think that there's a formation where you have Trey and Debo, maybe Ayuk in the backfield, maybe Kittle in the backfield with him. You could have Juice start out in the slot, motion down in the backfield, do an option to him, then do like an end around. Like the combinations and possibilities around the red zone are awesome. And remember, 90% of the stuff they do in the red zone is just to get the defense, just to hesitate for a second. Because sometimes that's all it takes to get the edge and get in the end zone, gain the one or two yards you need. They're going to be able to dress up so much stuff. I'm I'm so excited to see it. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see if they can keep up that red zone from last year because every previous year, that was maybe the biggest knock on the offense. Yes. The red zone doesn't, they don't finish once they get to the red zone. And last year kind of flipped the script, although they wouldn't be number one if it wasn't for the times that Trey Lance scored in the red zone, by the way. They would have dropped. They they would still be top five. I, I forget if it was third or fourth, but I I did the math uh, a while ago on that. But yeah, that already shows the possibilities. Trey Lance ran the red zone package twice when he was not the starter early in the season, and guess what? He scored both times. That run against the Packers just looked easy. Right before halftime, just snapped the ball to him. Trent Williams comes over, you know, on the left side. Alex Mack pulls from center. Poor, poor defensive back for the Packers had to face Trent Williams with a head of steam. Like, good luck trying to try and make the tackle there. So I, I'm just excited to see it. I think it's going to be super creative. And I, I just hope that this is like a nice, easy game for the 49ers. Nobody gets hurt, which, by the way, George Kittle is out. Or I shouldn't say that. He missed practice on Wednesday with a groin which he apparently injured on Monday of this week. That's a little concerning that, you know, they haven't had a ton of preseason action. They haven't played a game in like 14 days. And yet George Kittle is hurt before he's even been tackled a single time this year. Uh, but we don't know he's day to day. So we don't know if he'll play in this one, but just give me like a nice, easy game, you know, like 28 points, 31 points, something like that. Run in a bunch of touchdowns. I could do without the cardiac tests every single Sunday. Uh, yeah, it would be nice to get this season started well. If they lose, I don't even want to think about it because it's going to be miserable. Oh, and I just had a very miserable off season with this whole quarterback crap. I don't, I don't want to start the season that way. <laughs> they, they do need to win this because they do have a middle slate of games starting in week three that are pretty brutal. I agree with you. Uh, and by the way, part of losing that would suck too is like the whole, well, you passed on Justin Fields and then he beat Trey Lance. Like I'm a, tired of hearing that. But you're right. And we can sort of transition now to the kind of a full season preview. There are games where the 49ers are set up to eat and they better eat if they're going to get to the playoffs and get where they want to go. This Chicago game is one of them. Seattle in week two is one of them. Carolina in week five. Atlanta in week six. I think the Arizona games should be games the 49ers win. They got them in week 11 and, and week 18. The Washington game is another one. Like, if you're going to win 11, 12 games, possibly, you ha you can't drop one of these. You can't have a letdown week or any of that. You've got to handle your business, and this is a handle your business week for the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, this season, 
I, I, I was much more positive like three weeks ago. Put it that way. I think the Jimmy Ward thing worries the hell out of me. I don't think there's any guarantee he's back after the four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I posted on Twitter. I think it's likely he's not coming back till after the bye. Because if you look at. Wow. That would be a long time. They officially said it's a grade three strain. If you look up the timetable for a grade three strain, they project three months. Three months from the time that it happened is right after the bye week. Ooh, man, that would yeah. hurt. Because right before they have a stretch, that's the middle part of the season. Exactly. Week seven against the Chiefs, week eight in LA against the Rams, then week nine is the bye. And then they have the Chargers at home in week 10. That's like the meat of the schedule right there. If there was ever a time when you want Jimmy Ward to come back, it's for those games. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, he got it in uh, what around August, I want to say 12th or 13th, and three months from then, you know, you, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at November of that time in the month. So you're looking at the bye week. And all I got to say is Hufanga better be it. <laughs> well, you, but you have to. Because that, that's the it. whole problem. There is no depth there left. Yeah. If Hufanga ain't it, you're looking at a Josh Norman situation for the uh, secondary. I don't mean they would sign Josh Norman. I mean, they're going to have to go find some bargain guy who's still a free agent to try to plug in there because it just didn't work out or another injury happened, you know, God forbid. And now you got a guy that was so terrible, they were still a free agent at the start of the season, actually starting and playing meaningful minutes. Like that really could be a problem. So it makes me a little bit more negative, but I'm still going to go 11 and six for the season. I think is my overall prediction. I was at 12 wins. I'm going to downgrade it a little bit. I do think there's a very good chance they lose a game. They could have won simply because the safety messes up and gets beat. I agree. I had them at 11 and six. Um, the roster is incredibly deep, but you're right. Safety is just one of the spots. It's almost impossible to be deep everywhere. The Niners are pretty damn close, but safety is one of the spots where they are not deep. Uh, you mentioned the six, which six games do you have the Niners losing? Well, I do have them starting two and zero, but I do think they lose to the Broncos. I think they have a, a really good roster. I think Russ Wilson's going to be the real deal. I think he has good receiving options. Better offensive line. That defense is better. I do think that they'll lose to the Broncos. Uh, I have them losing to the Chiefs, which tells you if that's my next loss, they're going to have a pretty good start to the season. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think they lose to the Chiefs, and then I think they kind of run into uh, some issues. I think they lose at the Rams, uh, which would be the Week 8 game. And then they lose to the Cardinals at the Cardinals. I believe that's Week 10. Well, that's in Mexico. Right. Week 11. I'm talking about on the schedule. It's at, it's not the home game. Um, but then they lose to the Saints and Bucks. Are the other two. Mm. A lot of people high on the Saints this year. I'm not one of them. But they do have a decent roster. The division games are going to be interesting for me because the 49ers own the Rams. They're 6-0 and in the Rams in the regular season. But they're just four and eight against the rest of the division. Now, Russ is gone, so that's obviously going to help. But it's not like they have owned the Cardinals. The Cardinals always play them tough. We obviously, we all remember the Colt McCoy debacle when he kicked our ass. I think they're going to drop a game against the Rams this year. I have them splitting with the Rams. I have them sweeping Seattle. And I think I have them splitting with the Cardinals. Although I do like. That's how I have it. 
I do like that that last Cardinals game is the final week of the season when Arizona will be in full free fall tailspin mode because they do every year in December and January. I I, I do think an underrated storyline that could become something is that the Cardinal games are circled for Trey Lance and those are revenge games because of what happened. Yeah, could be. I mean, at the time they played the Cardinals in his first start last year, they were the best team in the league. They were undefeated. But, you know, people said, oh, you, you lost. I think that, that that's something that could be sticking with him, and he doesn't. He, he's going to take that personally a little more than just a regular game. I would love to see that from him, honestly. Like, I would like to see a little, I don't know, meanness, competitiveness. Right. I don't know what the word you want to use. The storyline would be different if he went 2-0. I don't think he gives back the control of the team if it was 2-0 despite his injury because it's not like Jimmy was healthy either. I do think that, that the narrative would be a lot different if he was 2-0. In his last starts. year in his starts right. are saying, yeah, look, if we can it's change. stupid that it's a single game, but narratives aren't always bright or well-founded. A narrative is a narrative. And if a, a rookie quarterback drafted number three overall comes in and goes two and oh, including beating the divisional opponent, you're going to have really positive reviews. There are going to be multiple points this season where the narrative on Trey Lance can flip flips. Yeah. The first two games Even of the year, the same game. If they win the first two, it'd be like, okay, they won the first two, but you know, it's Chicago, it's Seattle. But then if he, even if he plays well and they lose to Denver in prime time on Sunday night football, and they lose to the Rams in prime time on Monday night football, you're going to have people's, you know, the worm is going to start to turn. He can't do it. He can't be good teams. He can't do it in a big spot. It's too big for him. Yada, yada, yada. Then they play Carolina and Atlanta. He could sort of build up steam again, right? A couple games that they should win. And then they got to face Kansas city and they got to face the Rams. And those are not in prime time, but they're in that 425 Eastern spot, which is basically a showcase game. Cause the, the way the league structures the schedule there's one late game that they want you to watch, and it's always that 425 game. And then we could see the, the narrative start to shift again, right? If he loses those games and then goes into the bye week, and then people are going to be saying, oh, he's got the Chargers, he's got the Saints, he's got the Cardinals. Like, there's going to be an ebb and a flow and a roller coaster to this season with him. Certainly. I mean, it's that way with a lot of young quarterbacks. It's pretty rare you have a Patrick Mahomes situation or even the Justin Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert was win-loss, win-loss his rookie year, but he was so damn good statistically, nobody (laughs) questioned him. (laughs) But I I do think that with the situation, it is a championship-caliber roster. Everybody knows it because they've proved it. And, yeah, you know, the Jimmy thing behind him. So there there will be times when the story flips. Like like the Monday night game you mentioned, he can be 2-0. Trey Lance can be 2-0 unless he lights the world on fire in those two games. If they're losing to the Broncos and the offense hasn't put up a bunch of points, there will be a close-up of Jimmy Garoppolo late in that game. Oh, God. There'll be a close-up of Jimmy Garoppolo every time they don't score. Every time they go three and out, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo on the sideline. Like, you just know it. They're going to wear out that whole narrative. You, you know I think what it... I want? I would love to see it at the end of that Monday night game. Just, just occurred to me. I would love to see the Niners 3-0. They do a post-game interview, and they go, hey, Jimmy, what's it like being the backup? And he says, feels great, baby. In <laughs> the whole story. That would be – I mean, we've talked <laughs> about it. They're not going to interview the backup quarterback. But... 
there are so many ways they could Niners control everybody if they really wanted to. Like last week, I think you mentioned it, right? Just have Jimmy put the helmet on on the sideline, throw a couple oh, yeah. passes. It'll have be like, oh my warm. god, yeah. Have him come out at halftime first. You know, first guy out, <laughs> right? Ha- he runs out on the field. Ha- have him, you know. Oh, I'm just keeping my arm warm. What are you talking about? You know, because he's, he's throwing passes on the sideline in the middle of the game while the you know, while the offense is on the field struggling or even if the defense is on the field, you know, you got him back there throwing the football. It's just, I cannot believe that they signed up for like, you know how they do the halftime interview, right? You always get like the three questions with the coach before halftime. Anytime the offense is struggling. Hey, you considering going to Jimmy Garoppolo? Just like it was last year when it was, Hey, you considering going to Trey Lance? And Kyle has talked about how he is tired of answering those questions yet. This is exactly what he signed up for this year. So it's, it's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild. Ultimately, we both picked them to make the playoffs. Did you pick them to win the West? I do have them winning the West. I don't think the Rams are as good as they were last year. And I think not enough has been made of uh, Stafford's elbow. I- I'm not sure he holds up all year. Yeah, I agree. I think it certainly that, that sounds is... like to me he has Tommy John surgery needed. It's just he's a quarterback and not a pitcher. Something's not right in there. And it's not right already. And no one's hit it yet. Like Kyle said it on the Shanna plan on Wednesday. Like if your elbow and your throwing arm is not healthy before week one, it's not the kind of thing that tends to improve throughout the year. I I forget what the line was, but the way that uh, McVay described it when it first kind of became public, because he was sitting out in uh, towards the end of training camp, he, he said a line and then some doctors picked up on it and I saw it and read an article about it. It's the exact same thing that they say about Tommy John the way that the elbow gets fatigued and it doesn't bounce back and it, it just has kind of like arthritic type of pain. That's Tommy John. That's a clear cut sign of Tommy John surgery needed. I don't know if it's Tommy John. I do know. I don't know for sure either, but certainly sounds like it's something that's not going to go away. Whether it's Tommy John, John, Tommy, or some other (laughs) name you want to throw in there. It's not good. And they did say that it was a, a baseball type injury or they were, they were going to baseball doctors to try and get a better handle on it. You know what? It's not, it's not tendonitis, which is what they're calling it. Like, and people are like, Oh, it's tendonitis. It's not tendonitis. We know what tendonitis is. Football players have been getting tendonitis for decades. Doctors in LA, I'm pretty sure would be able to identify it if it was <laughs> right. There wouldn't be this confusion if it was simple tendonitis. That said, I did, I did pick the Rams to win the division. I think oh, yeah. the Niners are definitely- I, I don't I don't think they're nearly as good. I do wonder about following winning a championship, how much drive is there? You know, the uh, just typical things, but the fact that they've lost some important pieces, I do think is going to affect them. Yes. And I, I just don't think they're good enough and I don't think Arizona's good enough and Seattle, I don't have to say a thing. They sure as hell aren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel good to say that, but like honestly, I think I would this is going to sound, uh, I don't know if I, are you going to say you, you would rather see them as the wild card? No, 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 no. Okay. I was, I'm what I was, say, what kind of dumb crap am I having to deal with now? What I was going <laughs> to say is I would rather them beat Russell Wilson than beat the Seahawks. But the fact that the Seahawks are so bad, like you can't lose to them. Yeah. No, but like I will get more satisfaction. Let me flip it around. I'll get more satisfaction beating Russell Wilson with the Broncos than I will if the 49ers boat race the Seahawks twice this year. Because Russ is uh, the one that did it to us. No, I get what you're saying. Uh, certainly of any non-divisional 
opponents, I would rather drop. Uh, I, I I would rather beat Denver than any other non-divisional. I would even probably rather drop a game to the Cardinals. Uh, the Rams, I'm more worried about for the division, so I don't really want to drop one of those. Uh, but no, I like I I want to see Seattle get utterly decimated, and I want to bask in it. <laughs> I want to see yeah. the Seattle Seahawks arrogant bandwagon fans. I, I was going to cuss there, but I stopped myself. Bandwagon fans just in misery. Like, screw yourselves. I remember all the re- early retirement jokes back when the Niners regime 10 years ago started falling because, you know, guys just dropped like flies. You know, the, the, uh, forgetting his name, uh, Borland, you know, I, I had a big time coworker that was a big time Seahawks fan. You know, we, we would smack talk, talk each other. And then that, I remember that offseason. It was just like one thing after another. It was just like, yeah. what is going on? So Willis I, and I, I, I've been, I've been waiting and I would bet a lot of the Niner fans have been waiting 10 years to bask in this glory. Can we get some Pete Carroll reaction shots now? Every time something good happened for the Seahawks, I had to see that shitting grin on his face on the sideline, chewing all that damn gum. How about when Geno Smith's getting his ass kicked? Can we go to the Pete Carroll shot then? Huh? Can we see that? Friggin' TV networks, man. Oh, that would drive me nuts. It was like, that's what made it worse. It was like, oh, great. Something good or something bad just happened for my team. Oh, good. Now here's Pete Carroll's face again. Like, oh, I I hated it. The good thing for the 49ers, though, if this division does come down to tiebreakers, almost all of their tough games are AFC games. And conference yeah. record is comes before common opponents and the tiebreakers. Like the toughest games for the Niners, Denver, Kansas City, the Chargers, the Raiders is going to be a tough one on New Year's Day. That's going to be a wild game. I know. I, that that was almost my sixth loss. Like I, that one I went back and forth on along with the Saints. And it was like, eh, I, I think they're going to lose one. I, you know, I, I think both those teams are good. I just, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, I didn't. I couldn't say they're going to lose to the Raiders, so I picked the Saints. <laughs> We're talking <laughs> like, about predictions here, so you're you pulling crap out of a hat anyway. But can you imagine, like, just think of the travel, right? The Niners are going to be in Vegas on New Year's Eve, you would think, right? Yes. I like, saw this. That was one. Crazy. That was one of the things I, I saw on the schedule when the schedule was announced months ago, and I thought, I don't like that. No, no, I, I don't like that at all. That could easily. I mean, the Raiders are not a the Raiders are going to be a decent team. They're going to be a good team. We're talking about the, the city of here. Vegas here. I don't like our team being there on right New Year's. Like, I don't need that headache. That is I don't, you don't need, know how I don't need to go. wake up and look at my phone and see so and so was arrested. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that they definitely will. You know, I'm not trying to say that. It's just it, it's kind of one of those things It's the temptation nobody needs. You don't need to be in a city like that on a party night. When people haven't, you know, because of COVID, you haven't been able to go out as much as you have in the past couple of years. Over under on 49ers players in that game with a hangover. I got to go three. Like, it's got to be. There's going to be some, right? I mean, it's New Year's Eve. Do you think the Raiders do any kind of, like, dirty shenanigans? Send like strippers and parties up to their hotel <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> if Al Davis was still alive, maybe didn't wasn't that his? Uh, yeah, he used to trick? do crazy things like that. Yeah, but I can only imagine. Like they see him in the bar and they're like, "Oh, hey, let's get a bottle for that table." And they send a 
you know, a bottle over to the guy's table or something like that and just make sure they're drinking more. It's yeah. I mean, I don't like that game at all. I, that game, oh, and it's right at the end of the year too. It could, it could be an incredibly critical game for the 49ers. Oh man. I want, I want an honest damn take from coaches and front office execs. Do they actively like treat Vegas differently? Do they make a speech prior to the Vegas trip? Or is it just a total non-story? No, they do. You know, it's good. This is a business trip, guys. We're not here to see the site. <laughs> like, come on. They have to. I had heard that Miami, when, when teams went to Miami to go play, that it was always a big thing. Teams had to give speeches like, hey, I know you're in Miami, but we got work to do. Don't screw around. So if people are doing that for Miami, they're definitely going to do it for Vegas. All I can say is the NFL provides a driving service. <laughs> right. Use it's it. Free. It is a free service. It's anonymous. Like it's it's totally set up that you never, ever, ever have to drive if you have had anything to drink. So I hope that, you know, all the many players that listen to this show take our advice <laughs> and uh, don't drive drunk. Anybody, not just NFL players. And the hey, show. Uh, that- I, I think that's the game that SB Nation should send us to. Just saying. There's a chance I might actually be going to that game, believe it or not. There is a chance. I'm too big to be in stowaway luggage. (laughs) You're not carrying me on. Oh, man. It's going to be a hell of a year. And we only have to wait a couple more days for it to all kick off. We're happy. It's going to be a hell of a year or a hell year. One of those two. (laughs) We are grateful that we will take the journey with you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. Please continue to rate review and follow the Niners nation podcast network. Like I said, second biggest month ever last month, and we didn't play a damn regular season game. So that's a credit to you. We are grateful. I promise you, we will continue to earn your time. Levin, I hope you have a great weekend. I don't know. What's your uh, pregame meal? What do you got there? Honestly, I haven't figured it out. I'll figure it out day of. I'll probably have a hankering for wings because that tends to be a football thing. So I'll probably be Sunday morning telling the wife, hey, uh, yeah, I think we're going to drop some money on wings. Sorry. Mm -hmm. You know what I do? The three H's, Heineken, Hot Wings, Haagen-Dazs. That is the go-to. Heineken, Sour Piss Beer. You know. And there went that sponsor. You you went the whole show without being a wet blanket. And that's how we're ending it. All right. Maybe some other beer company would like to sponsor us. We'll take your money, please, and thank you. Enjoy the games, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.